Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Welcome back, current and future PAs, to the PA the FI Way podcast. This is your host, Kat, and I am truly thankful that you are able to take a listen to today's episode, whether you're a practicing PA, a PA student, or someone considering the PA profession. I am so excited to talk about today's podcast episode topic because travel is one of my favorite hobbies. In today's episode, I will review how to utilize travel rewards for free travel. Is one of your favorite hobbies traveling abroad to new exciting countries to explore, soak in the culture, and try delicious local flavors? Or do you prefer to travel domestically to visit a new city or even adventure in a national park? Or do you simply have family or friends that live in another state that you have to visit frequently by hopping on a plane? Or are you a practicing PA who travels to CME conferences, but your CME budget isn't that generous, so you end up having to cover part of the trip yourself, whether that's airfare or the cost of the hotel? If any of those scenarios resonate with you, then this podcast episode is especially for you. In previous episodes, I've briefly touched on travel hacking by earning travel rewards in the form of points to redeem to travel the world for almost free. Well, in this episode, I'm going to share with you just how you can do this. Many PAs will travel for a variety of reasons. Some of you may have been listening to past episodes and thinking that you probably should dial back the travel so that you can reach financial independence more quickly. However, travel is simply something that I refuse to put a hold on until you've reached financial independence. And if you love traveling as much as I do, I hope you agree. Life is short, and you have no idea how many years you are guaranteed, both of life but also of health. So I think that it's important to travel throughout your life if that's something that you prioritize. Let's first start by reviewing what travel hacking with travel rewards actually means. The term travel hacking is the term used by travelers who earn free or low-cost travel by obtaining credit card points, hotel points, and frequent flyer miles, which are collectively called travel rewards. Although the term, quote, travel hacking may sound a bit sketchy, I guarantee that it is a completely legal way to earn points to put towards free travel. Arguably, the quickest way to earn travel rewards is with credit card sign-up bonuses, which will be the topic that we focus on for today's episode. 
So before you dive into travel hacking, there are a few things that you should consider first. Besides needing to travel for enjoyment or out of necessity, there are a few other criteria that should be considered before you start utilizing credit card signup bonuses to earn travel rewards. The first is you need to have a pretty good credit score. Some credit cards require great or excellent scores. If you haven't done so yet, take a listen to episode 18 about what your credit score is, why it is important, and how you can boost it. The second thing to consider is you need to be able to pay off your credit cards on time and in full every single month. If you can't do this, don't even consider travel hacking. Otherwise, you'll be paying an enormous amount of interest with time. Travel hacking is only for those who are able to use credit cards responsibly. The third thing to consider is you need to be able to meet the minimum required spend amount in order to earn the sign-up bonus. We will discuss this a bit more later in detail, but what it essentially means is that every time when you apply to sign up for a credit card that has a large sign-up bonus, it will let you know how much money you need to spend within a certain time frame, and if that amount is way too much, it's not worth pursuing. And the fourth thing that you should consider before diving into travel hacking is you should not be trying to qualify for a large loan, such as a mortgage or trying to refinance your home when you are opening up a new credit card. Again, this has to do with your credit score. If you are trying to qualify for a large loan, lenders don't like to see a hard pull with a new credit card at that time. So speaking of credit score, travel hacking will likely only temporarily affect your credit score. This is a very common concern, and it was certainly one of mine before I started to do travel hacking and earn travel rewards. So each time you apply for a new credit card, a hard pull on your credit is completed, which can drop your score by a few points. Typically, your score is back up to where it was within a few months. Some who take advantage of travel rewards via credit card sign-up bonuses may even find their credit score increase with time. As you recall from episode 18, new credit and the length of credit history are only a portion of your total credit score. Once you have a new credit card, you may have a lower utilization rate of your total credit and you will plan to pay the card off on time and in full every single month, both of which will help your score. The next thing to consider before choosing a credit card to start with is determine how flexible you are with your upcoming travel plans. If you are ready to start earning points to put towards free travel, consider where you want to go. If you have a set targeted destination or even a specific hotel or resort that you would like to visit, keep that information in the back of your mind when you are trying to decide which credit cards to open. On the other hand, if you are willing to be very flexible with your future destinations, or if you're like me and your travel wish list just keeps getting longer, then you'll likely benefit more from travel hacking. Flexibility can be key, especially 
when it comes to travel dates. For example, if you know you want to travel only to a particular city or country right over the holidays between Christmas and New Year, you likely won't find that great of a deal, especially because travel is generally more expensive at that time of year and you are limiting your search to only one place in particular. However, if you have a few potential destinations in mind and several weeks to choose from that you're available to travel within, you likely will be able to find pretty good deals on flights and hotel or resort stays. All right, so if you have decided that trying to earn travel rewards is the route that you would like to go, consider starting with the Chase Ultimate Rewards to earn points. The Chase Ultimate Rewards program is one of the most valuable programs out there. These points can be used for a variety of airlines and hotels and their partners. Depending upon which Chase cards you open, you can often transfer the points to an airline or hotel partner directly, which can be more valuable than booking directly through the Chase Ultimate Rewards portal. It just kind of depends on the situation. However, it's important to note that once the points have been transferred to a Chase partner out of the Chase Ultimate Rewards portal, the points cannot be transferred back into your Chase Ultimate Rewards account. So it is recommended to finalize your travel plan for flights and hotel or resorts, then transfer the points at that exact moment to be able to book right away. Once you have earned Chase Ultimate Rewards points, you may find that you have an offer to redeem your points for cash, but it is highly recommended that you do not do so because getting cash from those points just does not give you as much value as trying to travel with those points. Before you consider opening a Chase credit card, ensure that you are under the 524 rule. This is a rule that Chase follows and what it is essentially is that you will not be approved for any of their cards if you have opened five or more personal credit cards from any card issuer in the past 24 months. However, if you open a Chase business card, then that card is not counted towards one of the five for that rule. You still do need to be under the 524 to open the Chase business credit card though. Now that we've reviewed some reasons why Chase Ultimate Rewards points are pretty awesome, let's discuss what your first credit card could potentially be. Many travel hackers in the travel rewards community suggest starting with the Chase Sapphire Preferred credit card, as it provides a ton of value with its sign-up bonus and the annual fee is only $95 compared to the Chase Sapphire Reserve credit card, which has an annual fee of $550. As a side note, the reserve, the one with the more expensive annual fee, does provide some luxury, such as being able to use priority pass select lounges at airports, as well as a $300 annual travel credit to help offset the cost of the annual fee. And the points that are earned with the reserve are a little bit more valuable when booking through the portal compared to the preferred to list a few benefits. However, as many of my listeners probably are, if you are a new person to trying to earn points, the Chase Sapphire Preferred really is an excellent starter card due to the lower annual fee. 
as a huge bonus, the preferred sign-up bonus is now at its highest in history, totaling 100,000 points after you meet the minimum spend of $4,000 in the first three months. Of note, the reserve with the higher annual fee is currently only 60,000 points. In the past, 60 to 80,000 points for the preferred was considered a pretty good deal. So if you are listening to this episode in the future, past the end of the 100,000 point signup bonus, which we don't know when it will end, but it probably will be in the next couple to few weeks, the preferred is still likely an excellent starter card for you to consider. Once you earn the 100,000 Chase Ultimate Rewards points, if you do sign up for the Sapphire Preferred, Chase values that amount at $1,250 in free travel if it's booked through their portal. However, you may be able to find that booking a trip through their transfer partners can often provide at least two cents per point, meaning that you could get $2,000 or possibly even more in free travel just for the one card. So let's discuss how you can meet the minimum spend. You may be thinking, wow, Kat, $4,000 really sounds like a lot of money to spend. On the other hand, maybe there are others who think that isn't that much to spend. I'm not sure what boat you're in. Granted, $4,000 to be spent within three months could be a lot for a lot of people. However, if you spread out the $4,000 over the course of three months, then it is only about $1,333 per month. So what you would do is put all of your family's spending on that card until you hit the minimum spend. So think of groceries, gas, bills that you can pay with credit card if you'd like, school or activity charges for your kiddos, any type of spending that you have going on that month. Also, consider if you have a known larger purchase coming up, such as a home improvement project. If so, you could likely reach $4,000 very quickly. It wouldn't need to be spaced out over three months. If that's the case, you could consider opening up another credit card pretty quickly. It all depends upon what you would like to do. Additionally, if you feel as though you may be a few hundred dollars short of the $4,000 within the three months, Consider purchasing Christmas or birthday presents early for others, or even consider buying gift cards to grocery stores or restaurants that you frequently visit to help you meet the minimum spend. I am in no way suggesting that you spend money just to earn points. Rather, I'm encouraging you to consider what your family normally puts on credit or debit cards, because if it's debit cards, you could direct it to this credit card and pay it off right away within a month. And if you're in the ballpark of being able to meet the minimum spend amount over the course of required time, consider trying to earn travel rewards. Now that you've started earning your points with the Chase Sapphire Preferred, consider for your next step if you want to try to shoot for the Southwest Companion Pass, or if you'd rather try to first get a hotel card or a different airline card if you prefer. I'll talk first about the companion pass because depending on the time of year, you may want to hold off a bit starting on the companion pass, but it is such a great deal that I really like to talk about it next. So Southwest Airlines, 
applies to many domestic cities, as well as cities in Mexico, Central America, several Caribbean islands, and in the past few years has even started to fly to several islands of Hawaii. But if you are thinking that you would rather first explore Europe, Asia, Australia, South America, or Africa, then definitely don't bother opening a Southwest credit card. Only consider this if the destinations that Southwest flies to are ones that appeal to you. So what is the Southwest Companion Pass? It is a reward through Southwest that once it is earned, allows you to fly anyone who would be your companion that you designate for free with you, so they have to go on the flight with you, for the rest of the calendar year that the companion pass is earned in, plus the whole following next calendar year. Your companion can be changed up to three times per calendar year. So for the first year, it would be up to four companions. And then for the second calendar year, it'd be up to three companions. Due to this, many who are trying to earn the companion pass will open their credit card towards the end of a year. But this is very important. You can start spending to start shooting for that minimum spend, but you do not want to hit the minimum spend of the Southwest credit card that you have until early January of the following year. Because if you hit that minimum spend in December, then you made a huge mistake of that year being sort of shot, meaning that it doesn't do any good for to have earned the companion pass for just the December, but also those points don't really roll over for the next year either, so you, they couldn't be put towards a companion pass for the next year. There are several articles about this online that you can certainly read, but I just caution you to be very, very careful about not hitting the minimum spend the end of December when you are really trying to hit it in January. If you want to play it extra safe and don't have any travel plans in early January, February, or even March of the following year, you could open up the credit card in January. Once you hit the minimum spend for the Southwest Companion Pass, it does take some time though for the statement to close and for the Companion Pass to show up in your account. So how can you earn the Southwest Companion Pass? From Southwest's website, it states that a member who earns 125,000 Companion Pass qualifying points or someone who flies 100 qualifying one-way flights booked through Southwest per calendar year will qualify for a Companion Pass. Well, most people and PAs that I know don't fly 100 one-way flights in a calendar year, so we will instead focus on the points. It is important to note that if you already have those Chase Ultimate Rewards points from your Chase Sapphire Preferred card, that you cannot transfer the points to Southwest in the hopes of using those transferred points to count towards the 125000 for the Companion Pass. You can transfer them if you need more points in the future to use for flights, but they don't count towards the Companion Pass. As with the Chase Sapphire Preferred, the point values for Southwest credit cards change over time as well. 
Currently, it appears that the three personal Southwest credit cards have offers of 65,000 points once you spend $2,000 in the first three months. And one business card for Southwest has an offer of 60,000 points for spending $2,000 in the first three months. And the other has one for 80,000 points once you spend $5,000 in the first three months. You can actually compare the different credit card options on Southwest's website. Unfortunately, you cannot have two personal Southwest credit cards. So you have to decide which one of the three options that you would like to have. And due to this, often people will open a Southwest business credit card as well to earn the companion pass quickly. So most are not doing this simultaneously, but they will decide whether to open personal or business first meet the minimum spend, and then open the other one. I think it's quite reasonable to try for the business credit card first, just in case that there's any issues with qualifying or getting that one opened, and then trying to open the personal Southwest credit card after that once you meet the minimum spend on the first one. Now I can already hear many PAs and PA students out there saying, but I don't have a business. However, I'm going to review how many of you likely actually already do have a business, or could easily start one to be able to get a business credit card. For example, if you sell items on Etsy, eBay, Craigslist, or Amazon, or if you sell crafts or goods at flea markets or farmer's markets, or if you tutor, teach music lessons, coach sports, or if you occasionally work as a photographer or videographer, or if you drive for Uber or Lyft, or if you rent out a room, such as house hacking, which we've talked about before, or if you have a place on Airbnb that you rent out, then you have a business. For all of these small businesses, you likely have not created an LLC and obtained an EIN. Instead, you would be considered a sole proprietor. And for your application, you would only use your name on the credit card not a business name. Otherwise, the credit card company will request further information about the business. And you would use your social security number in the place of an EIN if you do not have an EIN to open the business card. After you've earned your points through the Chase Sapphire Preferred credit card and possibly have decided to pursue earning the Southwest Companion Pass or may pursue that in the future, depending on the time of year, Consider if there are any particular hotel credit cards that you would like to open or possibly another airline besides Southwest that you would like to try to open as well. For example, I chose to next open a Hyatt credit card. Hyatt is also a Chase credit card, just like the Sapphire Preferred and the Southwest credit cards. Since Hyatt is a transfer partner of Chase Ultimate Rewards Points, I was able to transfer some points from the Chase portal to my Hyatt account, combine those with the points that I already earned through the sign-up bonus with the Hyatt credit card to book a stay in Costa Rica this upcoming December. My husband will be my companion as we fly southwest down to Costa Rica, utilizing the companion pass. He will fly for, quote, free while I use southwest points to fly myself down there. We do have to pay taxes and fees for both of our flights, though, which is the case with travel rewards. Nonetheless, the total for our flights 
was about $162 to fly two people from the upper Midwest down to Costa Rica and back, whereas the cost of two people for the same flights would have been over $907. So you can see how much of a savings it was to be able to have the Southwest Companion Pass for this upcoming trip. I'm really looking forward to this trip. I've been planning on this Costa Rica trip for a while now. And again, that's part of the reason why I focused on obtaining the Southwest Companion Pass and then also the Hyatt credit card because Hyatt has a place down there that looks pretty awesome that we're planning on staying at. Additionally, Hyatt does have some all-inclusive resorts in Mexico and some Caribbean islands. Marriott and IHG are other chase partners for hotels who also have many locations all over the world, including other all-inclusive resorts as well. Although all of these previously mentioned credit cards have been under the chase umbrella, so to speak, There are several others to consider, such as Capital One Venture credit cards, some American Express credit cards, the Hilton credit card, etc. It really depends upon what your goal for your upcoming travels are and what type of airlines or places, hotel chains that you would like to stay at. So next, you need to decide if your next vacation will be mostly free with travel rewards. As we have discussed, travel hacking with travel rewards points will allow you to earn up to several thousands in free travel while you cover the nominal amount for taxes and fees. Better yet, if you have a spouse, get them on board and they can be your quote player two in this game of travel hacking. You can earn all of these mentioned credit cards in each of your names so you would each apply for one to earn double the points. Or if you are married with two kids, you and your spouse could both earn the Southwest Companion Pass trying to earn it around the same time. Then your two kids could be each of your guys' companions so they could fly free with you. Otherwise, you and your spouse could alternate for who has a companion pass so the other could fly for free if you don't have kiddos at the time. As I have mentioned on previous episodes... It is important to note that with the Southwest Companion Pass, as well as with all of these sign-up bonuses for all of these credit cards, they each have their own particular rules and guidelines to follow. For example, you typically have to wait a period of time, sometimes it's a few years or so, before you could potentially try to reapply for the credit card again because you can't have the same credit card that you're trying to apply for. So often people will downgrade the card for about a month or so and then try to apply for it again in the future, or they may choose to cancel the credit card and not have to pay the annual fee. Definitely read all of the rules though online if you do decide to cancel the credit card, because depending upon the types of points you have, they may go away if you cancel but you have the option of either spending those points on a fabulous trip or sometimes you're able to transfer them before you cancel. So definitely be very cautious and mindful prior to closing any credit cards. When the year rolls around and the annual fee hits your account, you have to decide if you've gotten benefit from that credit card, if you still have a lot of points that you don't want to lose if you're unable to transfer them, If you feel like the annual fee is still very reasonable, even though it may sound like a lot of that time, you may decide to go ahead and pay the annual fee and keep the credit card. 
Otherwise, if the annual fee hits and you decide not to pay it, you can call the credit card phone number and talk with a representative and let them know that you decide that you would like to go ahead and cancel the credit card if that's what you choose to do. Keep in mind that canceling a credit card, just like opening a credit card, could have a small and short-term effect on your credit score. There are several people who blog on only travel rewards, and they can be excellent resources to research for your questions or the websites of these credit cards themselves in the fine print. As I have mentioned on previous episodes, I first learned about the concept of financial independence through being introduced to travel hacking with travel rewards by the husband of one of my previous PA co-workers and friend, Allie, and her husband's name is ironically enough, Chase. Life can be pretty amusing sometimes. I know that they tune into the podcast, so I had to give them a shout out, as clearly if it weren't for my learning about travel hacking, I wouldn't have discovered the concept of financial independence at the time. Not only would this podcast and my business likely not exist, but my husband and I may still not have been very intentional with our money over the past couple of years. Travel is one area of spending that I do not plan on ever eliminating since I enjoy it too much. So instead of eliminating it, I recently started using travel hacking to help keep costs low. If you would like to sign up for any of these credit cards that were mentioned, I sincerely hope that you consider doing so through my website, pathefiway.com, where you can click on the recommended tab and apply through the link for the correlating credit card. I will also have the link in the show notes that you could click on and take a look at the different types of credit cards that were discussed today. These credit card companies are generous enough to offer points for referring people to them. So if you decide to open one of these credit cards and your spouse also decides to open the same credit card in the future, you could take the link that you have, your own special code that you will find in your account and have them apply to the credit card through your link and then you would get those referral points if they are approved for the credit card. I highly hope some of you are able to take advantage of the Chase Sapphire Preferred sign-up bonus of 100,000 points, as this is the largest that has been for this credit card. And we do not know when this offer will end. Sometimes it is only for a few weeks. So if you are planning on signing up for this card, try not to wait too long. Thanks so much for tuning in today, and please reach out to me if you have any questions about those things that we talked about today. You could find me on Instagram at PAthefiWay and send me a message through there with your questions, or you could join the private PAthefiWay Facebook group and post your questions in there or send me a private PM if you prefer. If I do take a while to respond to a private PM, feel free to tag me in the group and let me know that you sent me one. Otherwise, you can contact me through my website if you prefer. If you have found this information interesting and valuable, consider sharing with your friend or your spouse who also loves to travel as much as you do. Also take a moment to hit the subscribe button so I can bring an episode to you every week and consider leaving a written review. Have a great rest of your week and a wonderful upcoming 4th of July weekend. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way. Please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on, 
but more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time.